We deployed over 12,000 mobile devices to our frontline workers and some of our uh, other operations staff to basically digitize those rule books. So they've gone from literally a backpack full of paper to a tablet. Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Judith Upshago. Judith is the Chief Digital Officer at Amtrak, a role she's held for a little less than a year of the nearly four and a half years she's been with the company. Founded in 1971, Amtrak is the largest passenger rail company in North America, though the business has expanded in a variety of other areas, which I'm sure we'll discuss through this conversation. Judith is a past CIO of US Silica, a leading producer of commercial silica used in industrial applications prior to joining Amtrak. And now for a word from our partner, Codium. The last year has been filled with conversations around generative AI, but are you wondering how to actually get real value today from this revolutionary technology? Podium, spelled C-O-D-E-I-U-M, is an AI-powered tool that is securely personalized to your internal data, making software development teams 20% more productive and often writing over 40% of new code. This clears out time to tackle more problems and multiply your business outcomes. Join a long list of companies from startups to Fortune 500s that have chosen Codium as their internal productivity tool of choice for their software development teams. Reach out at Codium.com. That's C-O-D-E-I-U-M.com. And now on to the interview. Judith, welcome to Technovation. It's great to see you, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Really nice to be here. Thank you. Well, Judith, uh, would love to have you provide a bit of an overview of Amtrak. Uh, no doubt a lot of people who would be watching or listening to this uh, have, have been on Amtrak's trains and have been regular passengers, especially those of us, uh, myself included, who are here in the Northeast. Um, but I wonder if you could take a moment and just provide in your own words a bit, a bit of context as to the business you're in. And I think you're right. Most people in the Northeast corridor know who we are. Some folks I've talked to uh, other, other parts of the country think we're a small commuter rail. So uh, I will just uh, break that myth. We are the largest passenger rail company in North America. Um, we've been around for quite a while. We were founded in 1971 and we are in 46 of the 48 contiguous United States, as well as three Canadian provinces. So we're pretty well represented uh, in the U.S. And uh, what, what folks may not know is that we're actually more than a train company these days. We have uh, a part of our business very much focused on construction and uh, building out infrastructure to uh, expand our routes and uh, rebuild some of our bridges and, and infrastructure. Um, we also maintain our own um, fleet. We have our own police department. Uh, we manage real estate and property. So we're, we're uh, much more than a train company, but we do have um, 500 stations and facilities. We move about 90,000 people a day. Last year, we moved about 29 million passengers and um, we, you know, we, we keep pretty busy. Certainly sounds like it. And and what a diverse business it is. I'm sure uh, for, for many, they'll be surprised about some of the additional uh, layers that you uh, uh, articulated there. You've been with the company for nearly four and a half years. And for a little less than a year, you've been the chief digital officer. And, and I wonder if you could take a moment and talk a bit about your purview as CDO. Um, so I'm, I was hired, as you mentioned, a little over four years ago and was really hired to help lead the digital transformation with Amtrak. We have a lot of legacy platforms and um, a pretty broad technology footprint, but the company really was looking for technology to help drive the growth. Um, one of our big goals right now is to double our ridership by 2040, which is a pretty lofty goal, and we can't do that really without technology. So I've been working with our business partners uh, across the company to, when I first came on board, to really develop the strategy, uh, work with the, part the business partners to define you know, what their 
goals and aspirations were and how technology could be used as an enabler to really drive the, the future growth of the company and really to improve not just our um, customer experience, but also our internal employee experience. So a lot of that is you know, around modernizing platforms, um, but it's really also how can we change our experience and the way we work. Um, so it leads to a pretty broad portfolio of, of programs and projects that my team has undertaken over the last few years and that we have on our plate uh, over the next few uh, coming forward. Right. And I, uh, no doubt that modernization set of activities builds a better foundation upon which you can then innovate and do new things. I, I wonder if we can pause there, though, for a second. I would love to have you double click on some of the initiatives or areas in which you have focused on modernization from a technology perspective. Um, we've made some progress. We still, it's a long journey, so we still have some work to do. But uh, one of the first uh, programs when I joined, uh, it was actually already underway, uh, was to to revamp our procure-to-pay processes. So we implemented an end-to-end solution uh, to really kind of help uh, all of our major procurements. And that's uh, proved helpful as we move into this kind of new era of rail where we're making a lot of investments in our infrastructure and we're um, you know engaging a lot of fairly large contracts. So that procure-to-pay system is was one foundational system. We're also in the midst right now, we'll be going live in a couple of months with uh, an upgrade to our HRIS platform, uh, which was a major undertaking for us. We had um, implemented that quite a while ago. We're also in the, the middle stages, I'll call it, of implementing uh, S4HANA, upgrading our ERP platform. Uh, that'll again be a, a bit of a journey, but we've completed an assessment. We're moving forward with uh, implementation later this year. And um, things, you know, kind of basic blocking and tackling, like we had six or seven timekeeping systems, and we're working to consolidate those to one. Uh, we've implemented some new tools to optimize um, our supply chain to help our procurement folks and others make decisions around how much inventory to keep on hand and, and when we need to reorder. So, you know, it's just some, some really kind of basic but very important foundational systems that are really needed on, uh, on the back office side. Um, and, and a lot on the operations side, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but, you know, just... Um, our operations staff, the folks who are actually running the trains, maintaining the trains, uh, those processes historically have been very manual and very uh, labor intensive. So we're doing a lot to bring technology to our maintenance, and our frontline workers. And uh, we've also been investing and have made a lot of um, improvements on the customer side, too, um, with our omni-channel strategy and um and making changes to the mobile app that you probably use when you, you book your, your trips up and down the corridor. Uh, so, uh, again, lots of uh, basics just to kind of bring our systems up to modern specs. Yeah, and you you referenced, uh, uh, I know a big initiative is mobilizing the workforce, mm -hmm. uh, something that's not just beginning, but something that has been in process, uh, deploying a lot of devices to, to employees, for instance. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that process, um, as well as some of the areas in which you're taking it. Yeah, that's a really uh, good one. We, you know, we've in in the past, um, the folks you interact with on the train, the conductors, our engineers, they actually carried forty pounds of paper uh, for years and years. And this is the rules of the road. So on the railroad, there's different rule books that they need to follow that tell them depending where they are on the on the rail the different um, speed restrictions and other things that, that they need to know. Uh, we deployed over 12,000 mobile devices to our frontline workers and some of our uh, other operations staff to basically digitize those rule books. So they've gone from literally a backpack full of paper to a tablet. And those tablets have real-time updates. We actually get uh, rule books from some of our freight partners where we travel on their rail. Uh, and that's just been a big game changer. And so we've done that over the last couple of years. Now what we're doing is the mobile devices were out there. And that was a bit of a, 
uh, a shift just in culture from, you know, being used to tabbing and highlighting and, you know, using paper to, to going to a mobile device that can be bookmarked and readily available. Now we're trying to say, okay, you have the device. What else can we put on those devices to make life easier for you? So we're really trying to get out and talk to a lot of our frontline workers and um, really push mobility and drive digital engagement. And uh, so we've digitized a lot of other documents and forms. We've added enhancements to our conductor's devices so that they can start to have better information uh, when they're scanning your ticket to see if there's a problem, they can get the information they need. Um, and then even on our um, behind the scenes workers who are doing maintenance, we'll be deploying apps this year that will allow them to uh, access work orders and, and be able to conduct maintenance and schedule things um, real time from a device. Um, and with the HR system I mentioned, we'll have a lot more employee self-service. So we'll be really pushing the idea of using mobility and mobile devices to be able to access you know, your basic HR related information, make updates, look at pay stubs and things like that. So uh, it's, it's a bit of a culture change for us, but um, been surprisingly welcomed and well received. Uh, but we do, of course, have some folks who resist uh, new technology. So that's that's been a little bit of a journey for us. But we've uh, been, been pretty successful, proud of the work we've done there. That's really wonderful. And I know uh, one thing that you and I've spoken about in the past, but also that I've read about is that that there are new fleets that are coming as well mm -hmm. for we customers to uh uh, to enjoy. Can you talk a bit about the form that's going to take as well as some of the technology implications of some of the changes that are afoot? Yeah, so you're, you've probably heard about the new Acela that will be uh, deployed later this year, uh, long anticipated. Um, so the new Acelas are, are much more uh, technology rich than some of our older fleets. We're also refreshing our intercity train sets. We have those being built by Siemens. Um, as we speak, and those will start to be delivered over the next couple of years. Uh, that's uh, we've branded those the Aero train sets, and we're also going to market soon for our long distance fleets. So we're essentially re refreshing over the next uh, you know, decade or so all of our fleets. But in the next couple of years, you'll see a lot of those start to come uh, onto the market, and with all of those come a lot more technology, a lot more sensors on board, a lot more tools for us to be able to do diagnostics remotely. And um, from a technology perspective, you know, we're integrating with um, the manufacturers of those to provide us maintenance and parts after the train sets have um, have been uh, deployed. So there's uh, integrations with those manufacturers to support refresh of, uh, of spare parts and inventory and uh, various supply agreements that we have in place. Um, they've um, also improved the, the ability for us to uh, keep our passengers informed of what's going on through um, through various tools and, and technologies. So uh, exciting. We're very excited about the, the new Acela's coming. And I think our passengers will be uh, excited about some of the new features, not just technology, but just the comfort level and the speed um, with our new train sets. That's really, really exciting. Thank you so much for sharing some details about that and looking forward to experiencing it, certainly. Um, I know another topic of interest to the company generally, but to you more specifically, is sustainability. And mm -hmm. I wonder if you could take a moment and, and describe the role you see an organization like yours playing in helping drive that, at least, uh, you know, from, from within your purview. Yeah, that's a big initiative for us. Our fuel is actually our number two expense. Uh, so we, we spend a lot of money on fuel. We, on the Northeast Corridor, we power our trains with electricity. Um, on the, the rest of the, the country, we're using diesel. So there's a lot of focus on um, uh, zero emissions. We have a target to get to net zero emissions by 2045. And there's a lot of different things we're doing to get there, uh, including you know sourcing more um, 
sustainable energy sources. But from a technology perspective, there are a few uh, ways that we've been contributing. We implemented for the new Acela, actually, one of the requirements for the new Acela to go live is that we needed to have the entire Northeast corridor from Washington to Boston secured. Um, so there's fencing that has gone up all along the corridor because these trains will be operating at higher speeds than the current Acela. Um, and to secure those uh, that, that right-of-way, we installed gates that are solar-powered and uh, access controlled through cellular uh, signal and, and other technology. And we, we deployed uh, about 200 of those gates with the um, self-sufficient, 100% you know, self-sufficient technology along with those. So that was uh, the first kind of big, big piece that, that our digital technology organization did to help reach our sustainability goals. Um, we're right now, we're in the final stages of upgrading uh, what's called our SCADA platform, basically the system that does the power distribution for the electricity along the Northeast corridor. So my team is uh, implementing the final locations uh, for that upgrade, and that'll help us better manage the electricity distribution for the, the trains that run up and down uh, from Washington to, to Boston. Um, and then last year, we implemented a dashboard for our operations team, a sustainability dashboard that allows them to see fuel usage and excess idling, because that's a big consumption when a train is uh, just kind of sitting idling, burning fuel. Um, so it allows us to, to manage um, better use of our, our fuel and, and see if there's training issues or something that we need to do so that we don't have, you know, trains just kind of sitting. So th those are those are just a few examples. You know, there's there's also suppliers. I think we're we're looking at sustainable um, suppliers and vendors, making sure that we're sourcing responsibly. So that's a big part. We've actually our procurement team has built that into some of the terms and conditions that um, where we uh, go to market and look for vendors that are of the same mind that are working to become more environmentally friendly. A few things that we're doing in that area. Yeah, very exciting. Thank you so much for for uh, uh, shining a light on that. That's a, a, a remarkable, both the ambition of it, but also the progress already being made. Uh, yeah. Speaking of ambitions, in addition to some progress uh, being made, I know artificial intelligence uh, for you, like so many uh, chief digital officers or other yeah. tech and digital chiefs of, of various titles, is a, a topic of great interest. And I know that AI is an area that is not brand new for you. There are some investments being made, but also some plans uh, for the future as well. And I wonder if you could take a moment and describe uh, some of the areas of investment that you're planning for AI. I mean, AI, if, if I wasn't talking about it, I wouldn't be a leader in IT, I think. <laughs> so just sort of jumping on the bandwagon. Um, I think there's a ton of potential. You know, we're probably one of the slower adopters, just uh, just in terms of uh, we've collected a lot of information. Um, we are now in the uh, exciting stages of being able to leverage a lot of the data that we've collected to start to really change the way we work. So one of the exciting examples that we're working on is there's a number of different, uh, I mentioned the sensors on the new fleets, but there are also tracking devices or, or uh, data collection devices along the tracks, along the, what we call the wayside, that read information off of the trains or collect images off of the trains. And we've been ingesting that data. We've actually been partnering with the freight railroads, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of the country, we're not traveling on our own track. So uh, we have these partnerships formed with some of the class one freight railroads where they're collecting data from our trains, images and other measurements as, as we kind of roll down the tracks. Uh, we're now ingesting that and starting to build the algorithms and the, the, the rules to look at how uh, we can learn early signs of, you know, issues, whether it's an anomaly, a fault that's already occurred or 
some uh, signs that we could start to see some uneven wear and tear, um, things that basically say we, we need to get a work order and get this um, get this piece of equipment into the shop to to maintain it. Um, today, you know, a lot of our maintenance is scheduled. It's like when you take your car to the mechanic, you know, every 6,000 miles or however many to, to get your oil changed, you don't know necessarily. Maybe you haven't driven in six months, but uh, but you just routinely do that. Um, so now we're moving more towards a condition-based maintenance. So based on the condition of the equipment, let the, let it sort of tell us when we need to uh, do certain maintenance. And the, the various sensors um, that we will have on the new train sets will give us even more information. We're actually building, we have a project to install some overhead um, systems that'll allow us to um, to capture five different types of data as the trains go by. Anything from you know, the health of the catenary, which provides the electricity, to images. Uh, there's a famous, not famous, famous at Amtrak photo I've seen of uh, some of the imaging data we get. It's the undercarriage of, of one of the rail cars and you see a rabbit there's a rabbit under there kind of going along for a ride so that's a little bit of an anomaly it doesn't kind of match what you expect to see in the undercarriage of a train so uh things like yeah you know, we're not looking for rabbits but we are looking for bolts missing you know uh something that's bent uh where it's not supposed to be you know anything that just looks out of the ordinary um so this this will be a bit of a game changer for us in the way we work and the way we schedule our maintenance and allow us to be more proactive around maintenance, uh, which should affect um, positively affect our uh, on-time performance because we'll we'll get ahead of issues, so we won't we'll have fewer disruptions. It'll be better safety for our customers, uh, probably better ride. So, um, so I'm I'm really excited about that that program, and we'll just continue to add. We're collecting a lot of data today. We're building the models. Uh, we have plans to to continue to add as the new fleets come on board, and uh, when this. Uh, site in, in Secaucus goes live later this year, we'll have even, even more data. So uh, pretty exciting uh, stuff that, that we're doing there. Um, we're also exploring using AI. We do a lot of video surveillance for safety reasons and security reasons across a lot of our facilities um, as well as on our equipment. Uh, so we are exploring using that to, to help because if you think about, you know, someone in a room full of screens trying to monitor a lot of different video cameras, you, a human can't really keep track of, of, of that many locations. We have hundreds of locations with uh, with video surveillance. So there is technology out now that will allow us to, to leverage AI to, to help, you know, review the, the images and the data that we're collecting so that we can target our response and target our activities a little more, you know, in a little more focused manner. So we haven't, we're, we're exploring that one, haven't implemented it yet, but I think there's just it's unlimited potential with the, the things we can do with AI. So it's very exciting. That's very exciting indeed. So much to, to remain abreast of as you uh, you and your team continue to pr uh, make progress there. Thank you for for sharing all all of those details. Um, I, you know, I wanted to close uh, Judith by noting. Uh, I believe it's actually this month that marks ten years from the first time you were chief information officer uh, there at U.S. Silica, leading producer of commercial silica used in industrial applications, uh, where you were for a bit more than five and a half years uh, mm -hmm. prior to joining Amtrak, and as we noted, of course, earlier. Uh, becoming chief digital officer within that organization. So a uh, tech and digital chief multiple times over in different industries and different sorts of applications. And as you think about your journey, uh, are there any difference makers or uh, secrets to your success that have helped uh, helped you reach the heights you have? Well, thank you. I, I didn't realize the 10-year milestone. So <laughs> thanks for pointing that one out. Um, but yeah, I, I think in general, my roots started in process improvement. 
And uh, early in my career, I was in process improvement for Department of Defense for several years. And then I moved into consulting, which led to project management, ultimately IT, because IT is typically an enabler of uh, any type of process improvement. So I think that process mindset has always made me think like a business person. So I, um, I view myself more as a business partner. And I, I like to really develop close ties, good relationships with my, my business partners really get out and understand. I, I like to put on, I used to say at US Silicon, I like to put on my steel-toed boots and my hard hat and get out you know, in the sand mines and, and just see what the business does. And here on the trains, try and get out to our stations, get to our maintenance facilities, really just get out in the field and understand the business. I, I've always been very curious. I ask a ton of questions. Um, I think it's the best way to learn. So I think to just uh, no question is really no question is a dumb question. I've probably asked my share of, of dumb questions, but you know I, I'm not fearful of that. I, uh, I I think just being naturally curious and wanting to understand because the better we can understand the business that we're trying to support, I think the more we can really help move the needle. Uh, so that curiosity has been a big one. Um, I, I always look at collaboration. So those business partners, they are my customers, but really I look at them as more my collaborators. So how can we work together? How can we kind of uh, solution together, look at problems together uh, and, and try and build those relationships? Um, and I've had a lot of people help me along the way, to be honest, uh, a lot of great mentors. I uh, established what I call my own personal board of directors, folks I can reach out to and ask for help or ask for advice or even just a sounding board on, on a variety of different topics. So I've definitely not done it alone. I've had a lot of help along the way. And um, I, I think that um, I, I give a lot of credit to, to some of the great leaders that I've been able to, to mirror and shadow over the years. Well, what a great reflection, Judith. I really appreciate that. Uh you highlighting different stops along the way and what you've drawn from each of those in addition to the people you've drawn it from as well. A, 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 a fantastic uh, reflection indeed. Uh, well, Judith, thank you so much more generally for a great conversation, uh, sharing the details of what you and your team are immersed in, some of the innovations we might see in the months and years ahead from Amtrak as well. Really appreciate you taking time with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you, Peter.